Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Peter Burke and Kate Abbott. How do and today we're going to talk about dog clubs. And we're going to have to have a little bit of a definition first. So, obviously, a dog club is four people who own dogs who have something in common. Could so, be five oh, could be five people. It could be 50 people. It could be 500 people. Four people. <laughs> My mind went to four people. Multiple. It could be a dog breed club, like. A club for golden retriever owners. Or it could be a dog activity club, like people that are interested in fly ball competition. Or it could be a Schutzen club, which is for people and their dogs who want to participate in the sport of Schutzen. Some dog breed clubs also include activities, like Newfoundland's. Newfoundland clubs often include information on Confirmation showing, dog shows like you see on TV at Westminster, obedience competition, water rescue, and carting or draft dog information. Sometimes they give, the clubs actually give lessons or sometimes the clubs will bring in a trainer. So there's a variety of different types of clubs, but just as we're talking about it, remember dog club is for all dogs and people. A dog breed club is specifically for one breed. And then the activity clubs include a specific activity or activities. So and while you're saying that, I'm just thinking about the granddaddy of clubs, the American Kennel Club. Yeah, the American... They started as a breed club, right? They started as a confirmation dog show club. Okay. Multiple breeds. It, it was, in the beginning, primarily terriers, but multiple different breeds of terriers. Boy, I pulled that out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> And then the word that's used when they add a new breed is recognized. And there's a process for a breed to go through to become recognized. The breed has to create its own breed standard, standard. which is the description of the perfect dog of that breed. So you have to get a committee together to decide another club. the standard. Yeah, you another you club. have to have a minor club, okay. a breed club that creates a standard, and they have to register the individual dogs with that breed club for a period of time, document breeding, so forth and so on, and then they can apply to the American Kennel Club to be recognized. Hmm. It's quite the process. Hmm. It's quite do, the process. Do they have to have a minimum number of people in the breed club? Yes. I can't tell you what that is. That, that's, that, that's not coming out of my head at the moment. But it can't but be yes. six people getting together. And no, it needs to be more yeah. than that. Yeah. And then many of the other large breed clubs like that are the similar, the international one, FCI, and please don't ask me to pronounce it because I can't. It's French, right? It's French. Yeah. And I took French in high school, but that was a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Federation. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the United Kennel Club, also in, here in the U.S., and the Kennel Club, all capitalized, in Great Britain. That's the granddaddy. That's the granddaddy. That was one of the 
if not the original. So there's a variety. Now, Petra and I both belong to the English Shepherd Club. Yes. And the English Shepherd Club is different in the way that it doesn't promote confirmation dog shows. It promotes the breed's working ability. In fact, if Which you... they also promote not wanting to do dog confirmation. shows. Confirmation. They don't want to be recognized. They don't right. know. They want right. to be recognized as a working breed. Yeah, the, the farm dog. <clears throat> but they do promote other activities, such as obedience and rally and herding instinct tests and things like that, because those all relate to working ability and the partnership dog and owner. If you don't have a partnership and some you and your dog aren't talking together, you can't take your dog out to a herd of sheep and expect him to do what you would like him to do. If you want to move those sheep from the big field to a small round pen to vaccinate or to the barn to get them out of the blizzard, you've got to be able to communicate to your dog. So the English Shepherd Club, and they're not totally unique with that. There are other breeds that promote the working, versatile dog versus just the show dog. So um, the Border Collies do that a lot? Yeah, yeah, Border Collies do that a lot. Working Line Aussies? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Australian Shepherds? There's also some field dogs like um, uh, the Red and White Setters mm-hmm. or the Red Setters that used to be Irish Setters. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Jack Russell Terrier has several branches. The oh, Jack yeah. Russell, the Parsons, the Russell. Parson Terrier, they? Yeah, yeah. Not all of them promote confirmation showing. So it also it seemed to me that looking at these things that the breed clubs they share. Uh, what I want to say, genetic information about who's breeding true, whose line has showed up with problems. Maybe, well, yeah, maybe no. Yeah, most of the the breed clubs have a breed committee. So the Australian Shepherd <laughs> has a very very active and was one of the first and the best to have a breed research investigative type of uh, a branch. And they still do. So as problems started popping up in the Aussies, they started researching cancer, for one. But even though they have this awesome committee, it is taboo to name a specific breeder. Because you don't want to point a finger. How can you be 100% correct that the information you're sharing is coming from one breeder, or did it come from down the lines ahead of her? So but you can't even talk about the lineage that's showing something. Well, this is not good. It might be slander. Well, it could be slander or libel, or it could be laying blame where maybe future research doesn't show that. Okay. What it does encourage is people talk to each other. It doesn't have to be. Maybe encourage the kind of health test that would be good for your breed? Yes, and like the English Shepherd encourages that. They encourage using one of the genetic tests that shows, God, they, I know more about my dog's genetics than I do my oh, own. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to know that much about my own. It would have been nice to have that when we were in doing When we, when were, we were in Aussies, yeah. 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 Because there are genetically linked health issues 
There are health issues that are assumed to be genetically linked. The MR1? MDR1. MDR1. Cancer, perhaps. Epilepsy, perhaps. But there's still so much research that needs to be done. But the biggest thing is the breeders need to talk to each other and share information with each other. And the clubs do encourage that. There's also, most clubs also have what they call a breeder's code of ethics, which is thou shalt not breed a dog that has blah, 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 blah. And I think most ethical breeders do that. And we've known some. We've known quite a few who have done that. We've known a few, you and I have each had an Australian (laughs) shepherd that came from similar lines that had significant health issues. And when we contacted that breeder, she immediately spayed that bitch. But she even talked to some of her other puppy owners. Puppy owners and, right. Yeah. Got and yes, those puppies had already been produced, but she made sure that bitch wasn't going to produce right. again. Right. That to me is ethical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the communication's important. But many dog breed clubs also sponsor or fund health research. I know the Golden Retriever Club's doing it a lot because Goldens have a lot of issues right now. And the Golden Clubs are probably up there in promoting health research. Flat-coated retrievers? Flat-coated retrievers do a lot. Uh, Bernie's Mountain Dogs, German Shepherds. So they do help promote that. The American Kennel Club, one of the better things that they've done as far as I'm concerned is they do have a health branch, and they fund research into a lot of the problems that affect dogs. Some may be specific breeds. Some might affect a family of breeds, like perhaps all retrievers might have something in common, or like the MDR1, many of the herding breeds may have something in common. So Explain uh, the MDR1 for our listeners. <laughs> no. I don't remember what the letters stand for. No, it's a, it is a gene that can be carried. There's an old saying that's been around for a long time. A farmer's saying if a herding dog has white toes or white feet, then be leery that he could carry the MDR1 gene. So Aussies, English Shepherds, Border Collies, many of the other breeds that might have white toes, beware that that is a breed that could potentially carry it. And what it does is it causes the dog to react badly to many medications. So it's it's, it's a multi-drug resistant mutation one. Woohoo! There we go. Thank God for Google. (laughs) Thank God for Google. So for example, ivermectin is commonly used as an anti-parasitic drug and MDR1 dogs should never get ivermectin. It can cause neurological problems. It can be fatal. Personally, and that's the issue if you ivermectin is also used with horses. And horses if the dog eats the poop, the dog got right. Right. Yeah. Even uh, with sheep or and, sheep. Yeah. And anything poop. uses it. Yeah. Because we had heard about somebody whose dog ate, ate some sheep, sheep poop just shortly after they were uh, yeah. getting ivermectin. Myself, my dogs have all had the genetic test to show that they're not carrying that gene, so they're free of it. But I'm still, I still don't give them those medications because I've known people who've had dogs that were supposedly free of it, 
via the test and still have reactions. Friends of ours that are in class with the new puppy right now, one of their dogs, one of their Australian shepherds had very, very bad neurological reactions. So, uh, and that show up, but there is a breed tendency, perhaps. Yes, yes. Yeah. And again, if if you have a breed that could potentially be carrying the MDR1 gene, the genetic tests will test for that. I just had a thought here. I'm making a note. I've often told people through the years that if they are interested in a breed, go find a club or a group that specializes in rescuing that breed. Oh, sure. They know yeah. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Sometimes yeah. the breeder will tell you most of the good and kind of... When I was researching one of my books, plug here, The Howl Book of Dogs, <laughs> I did more research for that book than I've done for any of my other writing assignments. And I talked to breeders, interviewed breeders, but breeders are often very enthused about their breed, obviously, because they love the breed. But I would also talk to trainers. Hey, have you seen any such and such breed? And what do you think of that breed? And sometimes I had to make several calls, especially if it was a rare breed, to get some information. I also talked to the breed clubs and I talked to the rescue clubs. And for some breeds, when I really had questions, especially about health, I talked to veterinarians. Mm -hmm. So four to five different sources, the breeder, the breed club, the rescue club, trainers, and sometimes vets. You need to get out of the circle of admiration, (laughs) so to speak, to get the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. And that's actually when I started to fall in love with the English Shepherd. Mm When I was researching that breed, I didn't have one yet. But remember Caleb? Yes, yes. We had one come through our classes, and I had just finished researching that section for the Hal Book of Dog, and I I went, that's an English Shepherd. And they got him at a shelter. They didn't know. They said, well, they said Border Collie Cross. And I said, no, he's not. (laughs) And then I... uh, Because out here on the West Coast, they're, they're unknown. They, nobody knows. Well, they, they're very well known in our little pocket yeah. of the world. And then there were a few other breeds that were not well known, and I had to dig a little farther. But yeah, talk to breeders, talk to breed clubs, then get out of that circle of influence and talk to other people. Call, call three or four or five trainers in your area. Have you ever seen a Blotson Hound? <laughs> What do you think of them? What do they seem like to train? Do they house train easily? You know me, my weird analogies, I'm like, okay, you go to the showroom and talk about what the new car is like. Mm -hmm. Then you go to a mechanic and say, so how many of these have you worked on? Right. Then you talk to the owners who own it and say, well, how do you like it? How long have you owned it? And how do you like it? You did that when you were researching. When I was researching my, when I was getting ready to trade in my F-150, and was looking for a mid-size SUV, I talked to everybody, including I would talk to people in the parking lot of the grocery store. One lady got out of a particular brand name car. I won't say it on the air. (laughs) They might decide to sponsor us someday. (laughs) And I said, I'm researching mid-size SUVs. I was looking at this one. It's a gorgeous car. And I love the maroon color red it came in. And I said, how do you like it? And she flat out said, I hate it. I'd never get another one. (laughs) 
And I went, whoa, talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me. And one of the problems was her husband was just a little over six foot, and he couldn't get in the car and sit in the seat. He couldn't get through the door and sit in the seat without banging his head. He had to all scrunch up. And even then, the top of his head hit the fabric of the ceiling. She says, it's made for small people. And then... So that's not just a one-off mechanical error. That's... A design design problem. Mm. And then there were a few other things, too, that she just... I hate it. I'll never get another one. Okay, cross that one off my list. Sure. And you'd be amazed at the people who were willing to talk about their vehicle. Anybody asks me about my Toyota Highlander, and I tell them how much I love it. It's a great car. Knock on wood. (laughs) But you can do the same thing about dogs. People like to talk about their dogs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's take a break for one of our sponsors. Take a listen. We'll be right back. So, what's your reaction, Kate, when you hear Ben and Jerry's now has dog treats? Now I won't have to share my ice cream with them anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, when anybody comes near me when I'm eating my Ben and Jerry's, they're likely to get growled at. Right. No, I think it's a cool idea. I've sometimes made my dogs frozen treats or gotten some that are commercially available. But considering how much I love Ben and Jerry's, it's about time my puppy dogs got to enjoy that as well. I know my ultimate favorite one is the uh, Cherry Garcia. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll growl if anybody comes near me while I'm eating that. Um, I'm a chunky monkey freak. Yeah, <laughs> like that that way. But so also, the- I love peanut butter. And did you know that one of the new dog flavors is Ponch? It has peanut butter and pretzels. Ooh. And Rosie has pumpkin and mini cookies. That That's M-I-N-I. I'm sure it has lots of cookies too, but they're little <laughs> small cookies in there. Mini cookies and pumpkin. Which I do give my boy pumpkin in his dinner, so this would actually be a nicer way for him to get it. Yeah. So I think I would qualify mine in the freezer of my ice cream. And then I'll have to label my the dog's version of Ben & Jerry's as the frozen treat. Doggy dessert. And one way you can tell is instead of the black and white cow on the front of the little container, it's a black and white dog. Oh my God, that's for so the cute. dog treat. So, so yeah, you can tell which one is which because it's <laughs> their dog frozen treats are are not designed for humans. Made with human quality ingredients, but not designed for humans. So you do want to keep them separate. And I can only give my boy a little bit, if I dare, of my own ice cream my Ben and Jerry's ice cream, because, yeah, it doesn't always set well with him. But now he has his own. He's going to have his own. All right, so go out there, buy some for your furry little friend there, and then enjoy together. Enjoy. We want to thank one of our sponsors, Macmillan Audiobooks. They have got a new audiobook coming out from Bruce Cameron. It's a heartwarming, insightful, and often laugh-out-loud funny. Bruce Cameron's A Dog's Purpose audiobook is not only the emotional and hilarious story of a dog's many lives, but also a dog's eye commentary on human relationships and the unbreakable bonds between man and man's best friend. And don't miss out on the next series, A Dog's Courage, coming this May from Macmillan Audio. Order them wherever audiobooks are sold. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Okay, other 
dog clubs, activity clubs. When I got my first German Shepherd, if you've listened to our podcast from years past, you know that my husband was overseas with the Marine Corps. I got myself a German Shepherd puppy to keep myself company, and he proceeded as a four-month-old puppy to shred my couch to the point of taking it down to a two-by-four in Springs. Next day, I got on the phone and talked to a trainer. But we took it from there. We did search and rescue. So I joined a search and rescue club, learned how to do search and rescue, got certified for exercise. So I threw a Frisbee. He loved it. So I joined a Frisbee club. He went to the California finals, the world finals. What other? Just obedience clubs. Obedience clubs. You did some Schutzen. We did Schutzen. With both German Shepherds, we did Schutzen and earned titles. So dog activity clubs teach you what the activity is all about. And give you a support group and help you learn faster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. Therapy dogs. Yeah, I was when I was making my list. I was thinking, does that it does kind of fall into it? It's a club, and of course, you have to pass a standard to enter. But yeah. many many activity clubs have certification procedures or titling procedures or or things like that. I mean, the the frisbee clubs support the competition. You can earn things there. Schutzen support trains and supports the competition. You can earn titling there. Sometimes you go to another club for the titling because not kind of fair to have your own trainer do it for you. So you go to another one for competition. But, yeah, a lot of them have standards and competition things. Agility. There are a lot of agility clubs in our area anyway. I suspect there are in other. It's just a fun, fun thing to do. Yeah, I mean, some people like to do it just to do something with their dogs yeah. and maybe not necessarily compete. Why not? I think a lot of these clubs, if you don't want to compete, you're not into that, but just want to experience something different with your dog. I'm at that point in, in life where I have absolutely no desire to compete whatsoever. <laughs> it got, okay, I'm a bad sport. <laughs> I'm very competitive. No. Let's just say you're competitive. There we go. <laughs> I get grumpy. <laughs> I don't take it out on anybody else. I just get grumpy. (laughs) Hey, I admitted it. (laughs) And so forth. Life is much better when I don't compete. My dogs and I train and we have fun, but it's much better when I don't compete. Let's just say one obedience trial. Paul had his German Shepherd, Michi. I had my German Shepherd, Watashi. There's a placement called High End Trial. That's the dog that earns the highest score from all the obedience classes. So I was entered in one class, and Watashi and I won that class. Paul was entered in a different class, and he won that class. And we each tied for high in trial. Oh, no. We each had 199 and a half out of 200 points. Each of us did. You have to have a playoff. We had to have a playoff. Oh. And his dog beat me by a crooked sit. Oh, dear. Oh. Let's just. I don't think I'd want to be in that house that evening. Uh, <laughs> or the drive home. The, the drive home. home. <laughs> the obedience trial was in past. Honey, you're on that couch. You beat me by <laughs> The obedience trial was in Pasadena, and we lived in San Clemente. It was a long, quiet drive home. And I don't know how many times he said, I'm sorry, and I said, you are not. (laughs) (laughs) You are not. (laughs) 
surely you could have slipped the uh, judges a $10 bill to put both your names on it. <laughs> but him walking out of the trial with trophy in hand, smirking, and me walking out. People are going, oh my God, that was so awful. You both had one, one ninety nine and a half. That was so wonderful. Oh, who would have said that? Husband and wife. <laughs> Loser. Yes, he would have. Yeah, yeah he, he was have. not so a gracious winner. He rubbed it in. <laughs> but I can see him doing that too. Yeah. So life is better if I don't compete. But you can do something for fun, or you can challenge you and yourself, you and your dog and yourself against a standard, which is what a competition is. Yeah. Or just the training. Yeah. For me, the fun, and I guess that's why I, the last 10, 12 years, I've had so much fun with trick training, is that. Yes, you can compete. And at one of the English Shepherd gatherings, we went to mm-hmm. we we did the trick training one competition and the trick training two and and the intermediate and all that stuff. We did the farm dog thing, but you could do it and just don't take it seriously. Just have fun with it. I joined an agility club with Walter, but we just played. Yeah, we went to the trials. And we're like, okay, let's go have a good time. And if we won, fine. If we didn't, fine. We had a good yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you can have dogs who are by themselves competitive. Bashir with the tri ball. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> he would play with that darn ball until he made his face raw mm-hmm. <laughs> rubbing that ball. <laughs> I will do it. Bones would do that. Hero would not. So we could mention a few groups that are out there i mean you've got like you mentioned you got the service uh search and rescue mm-hmm. the schutzhund mm-hmm. tracking clubs Track, yep um disc dogs the fly ball mm-hmm. dock diving you yeah, know that's oh dock diving is really big really big although you have to have access to the equipment yeah yeah, yeah. but as a, as a sport i think it's gotten pretty it's good. very yeah. popular yeah more, more people we know um field trials Mm-hmm. I think that's fascinating. Just probably even closer to what the breed was designed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for the hunting sporting dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Herding instinct tests or for the people with the herding dogs. I'm. I like to see somebody else take my dog in for the herding instinct test if if I can. Like for the ESs, our breeder mm-hmm. will take the dogs in because I want to watch them from outside the ring. It's hard to watch them when you're in there trying to avoid the sheep trampling your feet. But if you can watch from the outside and go, whoa, look at that. Oh, my God. Look what he just did. Oh, yeah. Catch her. Yeah. I'd love to get into it. We just don't have a lot of herding around here. It, except for except for border collies. <laughs> yeah. But and, I'd, love, I'd love to get involved yeah. with it. Hopefully one day. Bones wouldn't do it without me. Hero did. Heroin. Yeah, go ahead, Mom. I'm in here. <laughs> Bones was like, Mom, it's us. It's a partnership, Mom. Come in here, Mom. <laughs> but that's my boy. I'd like to see how the girls do, how Willow and Seven yeah, do. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, what's other parkour? And what, carding, drafting. I went to one recently for Newfoundlands. Mm-hmm. I drafted one, and uh, and that was, that was fun. You know, and everybody there had a good time. They, and that's the goal. Yeah. The dogs did good. They were tired because I went on day two. Were, this is their second day, so a lot of tired <laughs> dogs. But uh, they did they did good. They had fun. That was fun. So that's a breed club that also does the breed activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that. Yeah. Do they have any other breeds there? No, but interesting enough, I was talking to one of them that's on the board, and they had thought maybe if they do like one day of the Newfoundlands and maybe the second day open it to others who are interested in doing drafting with what non-Newfoundlands. Often they do. I'm surprised they didn't. Maybe it's a new board of directors for the club yeah, or something, something because often they, they do open it up. Yeah. I say, yeah, that'd be great. I said, I have, actually, I have an English shepherd who does like to do carding. Yeah. That would be fun. Well, when we had Aussies, there was that time we went to the Newfoundland training. There was, what, oh, yeah. five of us there with Australian <laughs> shepherds? The Aussies. And <laughs> at right. the end of the second day, they had the draft test, and the yeah. Aussies took first, second, third, fourth <laughs> place. A long time ago. <laughs> we <were> sorry. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> we were not. We got lots of dirty looks from the Newfie people. Maybe that's why they don't open adult breeds anymore. <laughs> doing a lot of carding so yeah okay so uh, actually went for a bit rally oh, that's rally. a big mm-hmm. fun sport that's fun yeah and uh dancing with dogs freestyle oh, yeah freestyle yeah. dancing and what's really cool now is they're doing a lot of it uh uh by videotaping well, COVID. <laughs> because of COVID, but yeah. it's also allowed them to have more international competitions. Oh, sure. Yeah. By submitting right. a videotape. Right. And AKC is now doing that because we well, the tri- evaluated mm-hmm. one that sent us. Trick dogs are doing the videos, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then know. I noticed how AKC is starting to add more and more activities. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more. Well, the breed dog registration is going down, 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 down. So income went down, 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 down. So by increasing, I mean, not to be, you know. Yeah, I am. Just to be business-like, yes. <laughs> more more activities means money from those sports. Absolutely. Perhaps to make up the difference. Because they now have a trick training. Uh, Title. Titles. Titles. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Do they have rally? They must have rally. Oh, AKC started rally. Yeah. Oh, well, an individual club started rally. AKC picked it up pretty early. Pretty early. Yeah. And rally's a great introduction to obedience if you're thinking about that. Rally, I think rally's a lot more fun. I did obedience competitions for years, and that can get pretty cutthroat. But the rally people seem to rally more for each other. Yeah. <laughs> We just have a little rally course as a graduation for one of our for our intermediate class, and uh, they have fun. And after the after they're all done, the people and the dogs are like, "Oh my god, I'm tired." <laughs> it's a lot of thinking, you know. It's not yeah. that it's not a lot. It doesn't cover a lot of area. No, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, but they have a good time. Well, I joined the South Coast Jack Russell Terrier Club, and I was thinking that they're pretty standard in what they. What they say about themselves, their mission is preserving, protecting, and working the Jack Russell Terrier. And they want to bring owners information, events, and resources to enhance their ownership. (laughs) Of course, they do call them amazing little dogs. recent popularity boom of Jack Russell's brought about by movies, TV, advertising has caused an increasing amount of indiscriminate breeding. These two factors are leading to an ever-increasing number of Jack Russell's coming into rescue, usually for no other reason than their very nature. They are hunting terriers. Yes, they are. Please do your research on this breed. This could be a sentence for every 
every breed. Please do your research. They are not the dog for everyone. How many, many times? How many times did we try to talk people out of Australian shepherds yeah. and now English shepherds? Mm-hmm. People yeah. see bones. Yeah, he's compact. He's a little smaller. He's got a blue eye, and people go, "Whoa, he's so cool!" And yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about bones. He is not for everyone. Right. Hero would thrive with just about anybody who's active. Bones and Seven would not. The benefits of joining this club, but can be more universal for all clubs. It's a friendly group of like-minded people interested in all things of that breed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mentoring for new and future Jack Russell owners. Going to a trial or going to some of these fun days or things, and you see what the breeder the breed is the people are doing with that breed, mm-hmm. and can you see yourself doing that or mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have their sanctioned trials. They have fun days. They have fun days, and they have trials mm-hmm. where they'll do the the racing. You know, the racing Jack Russells, and go to ground. That's mm-hmm. where it's kind of like they're going through an underground tunnel after. Course. Oh, that's that's another club, barn hunt clubs. Barn hunt. Yeah, barn hunt. That, that is too. great fun. We've done mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah. And the breeders listing if they sign the code of ethics. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, just a general idea of clubs and why they're important for everybody. Now I have one downside to dog clubs, and it's not just dog clubs; it's also dog clubs, horse clubs, car clubs, people okay, in if you general. Get more than five people together and form a group about something. People are political creatures, and they often form cliques. One of the last obedience trials I went to, and one of one of the primary reasons why I quit, was here in San Diego County, and I won't say the club name, but it was the most political, clicky thing I'd ever gone to. If you didn't train with this trainer, or you didn't belong to this club, or we're not going to talk to you because you're not one of us. Mm-hmm. And it was so uncomfortable that... My dog and I looked at each other and went, yeah, no. And that was, I think, either the last or next to last yeah. obedience trial I went to. I went home, told my husband, yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. It ain't fun, you ain't going to do it. And yeah. German Shepherd, that was when I had Australian Shepherds. When my husband and I were back in Washington, D.C., I went to an obedience trial for German Shepherds. It was a German Shepherd specialty trial. And they tended to be clicky if you had confirmation german shepherds who have a certain look Mm -hmm. then you were one of them if you had a german shepherd who was not that which my boy wasn't he was a rescue then you were looked down upon we were competing in obedience and watashi and i and so he'd already had his utility dog title he was already a certified search and rescue dog he'd already gone to the world frisbee championships all these things and we were going because i was trying to earn his obedience trial championship so we needed to go and we needed to place an open being utility so as i was walking in from the parking area and i had my lawn chair under one hand and a tote bag over a shoulder and watashi was walking with me he 100 pounds, big boy, tall, flat back, square, did not look like a confirmation German Shepherd. I got looks, I got whispers. I saw him as I was walking in. They weren't 
trying to be obvious, but I saw it. So after we won first in Open B and first in Utility B, and we won high in trial and high combined score for the day, as we walked to the car, I walked past those show rings and went, <clears throat> good boy, yes you are, look at you. And I did that all the way to my car. Not, <laughs> not that I was... Not that she rubs it in. No. <laughs> not, at all. not that she's competitive. No. 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 I will say that if you join a dog club of any kind, activity, breed club, whatever, sport club, and you run into it, look around. There's always somebody else like you who's hanging on the outskirts who would like to learn more but also isn't part of the clique. Mm -hmm. You know, there it's, are other people. It's true on Facebook. It's true for so many things. Yeah. Um, or worst case scenario, give up on that club and go find another one. There's lots of them. But don't let the people in the cliques or the, the political part of it get you down. By the way, when I was researching breed clubs and uh -huh. clubs for dogs in general, I came across one. I just love the name. I wrote it down. It's the Dober Nut Club. <laughs> the Dober Nuts. That's awesome. I like that. Well, you know, Carol and John have Dobies. They're kind of nuts. That's awesome. And then there's kind of an offshoot. It's more of a, I don't want to say retail offshoot, but I found clubs for sports. Okay, there's one up in San Francisco. It's the Dog Pool Club. They have two saltwater pools oh. and a freshwater wading pool. So you get a membership in the dog pool club, and then you can take your dog there to swim. And then they have a bathing area that's part of the membership. It's like joining a fitness club. Yeah, that's that's a business <laughs> that calls itself a club. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Luritics. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lure Cursing. Yeah. Lure Cursing. Yeah. Which I love their name, too. Luritics. Yeah. Well, the agility oh, ups so and downs. Funny. Ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. The club again. So, yeah. But still, it's bringing like-minded people together. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've even encouraged it, some of our students to join a club just to, especially this one student of ours, seems as everyone's giving him a hard time or his friends are, and we're like, no, she's a good dog. Get involved with a group that knows this breed. Well, I was and do stuff with it. And so I hope he does. And that's the other one last thing that cracks me up. Okay, the, at least my experience, the Golden Retriever Club in the area, they get together and go for strolls. <laughs> strolls. Well, stroll. <laughs> the Malinois people go for a hardcore hike up a mountain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go hiking. And remember, years ago, the Havanese Club used no, to come and rent a portion of our field and <laughs> when Saturday afternoon classes were over. What did they do? They brought in tables and potluck. Potluck. <laughs> One time they had it catered. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, and they game. sat down with glasses of wine and, like, just admired their dogs running and barking. Yeah. <laughs> and that was their club. Yeah. They, they enjoyed themselves. They, it all worked out. Yeah. The English that. Shepherd Gathering, we drive for a thousand miles <laughs> to meet with them to do silly things. <laughs> we do. We do. All right, well, our time's up. Look into a dog activity club or a dog breed club. You know, if you want to learn more about your breed, if you're thinking about a particular breed, if you're thinking about a particular sport. And just like I say, beware of the cliques, the, uh, the politics, 
It happens everywhere. People are political. I mean, no matter what. All right? And have a good time. So that's it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.